Hello, welcome to another podcast recording here for morebikes.co.uk. I'm the editor of the website. I'm also the editor of the newspaper, Motorcycle Monthly. My name is Tony Carter, and sitting alongside me is my right-hand woman, Carly Ann Smith, as usual. Now, you'll hear lots of talk about motorcycles and all sorts of uh, guff going on during this podcast, just as normal, like we do every week. But uh, in case you hear any rustling as well, uh, you should know that uh, we're having our lunch. This mm-hmm. is a chat about motorcycling and motorcycles across a uh, noisy lunch, as usual. So uh, don't complain about the quality of sound. Because <laughs> uh, we are what we are, basically. Um, so anyway, yes, Carly, now listen. Hey, news, 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 big news. Big news. Because you went out on the um, Yamaha R300 launch since we did, did our last po- podcast last week. Tell us about that. Where was it? How was it? Tell us how it all fared. Okay, so it was in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Um, fantastic weather, fantastic bike. We got track session. I was majorly impressed by this bike. I thought it was fantastic. For <clears throat> people who don't know what the R300 is, okay, we just set up. I know we did in the last podcast, yeah. but there will be people hearing this who've got no idea what the R300 is. So the R3 um, has been designed to fill the gap, basically, in the Yamaha Super Sports range between the YZF125 and mm-hmm. the R6, which is my personal bike, which I bought. Um, so basically, it's to fill that gap. Yes, it is A2 compliant, but one of the things that they really wanted to push was the fact that it wasn't just for A2 riders. It was for more experienced riders, perhaps looking for a more affordable choice than the bigger bikes. Right. And to be honest, there was obviously a lot of experienced riders there, and at the end of the day, they all had a massive grin on their faces. <laughs> I did actually speak to um, a couple of the, the more superbike-oriented um, testers who were on that launch, and they, they said the same thing. Um, I think that, that you said to me from the launch while you were riding it how good it was mm-hmm. as a package. I absolutely loved it. You know, it's, it really harks back to the the old quality days of like two strokes where yeah. younger riders were encouraged to get on these things, and you, you effectively become a bit of a nutter on it. But also, mm-hmm. the older riders will come down for that fun aspect of it too. Yeah. So you're in <clears throat> Barcelona. You yes. did road riding as well as the track session. Yeah, the morning was road riding, and then the afternoon was the track session. How was the How was the bike on the road? bike on the road was fantastic the mm-hmm. clutch was really light it's got six-speed gearbox so we did a bit of motorway riding and it wasn't overly revvy throughout town it was really light and nimble it was ju- yeah absolutely brilliant what sort of power is it kicking out uh 41 brake horsepower that's not bad is it nope and like it the way it's delivered is nice as well it's there's a broad range throughout the revs it's so uh, it picks up easy from low revs yes does it what does it rev to do you know uh, did you see were you looking at the red count at the red line no, I was looking <laughs> no, at the corner. No, it's fine. Quickly coming towards me. No. It redlines, I think, at 13.5 or 12.5 thousand. Wow. So. That's great if it pulls from low down as well, because it looks, it looks fantastic, I think. Yeah. It looks it like looks, a little R1. Yeah, it looks fantastic. They showed a picture where there was the 125, 300, the R6, the R1, and then the R1M, and the full family of them. It, they looked brilliant. Mm. But I really like the lights at the front as well, because there's the two kind of headlights, and then in the middle there's like a little... Little no. baby light. Well, that's like the R1, isn't it? It's got those yeah. two strip lights almost under the nose, which is great. No, have, you got, have you got an idea on price? Yep, it'll be £4,799. Right. Um, which makes it competitive in this kind of, this bulging 300 class at the moment. Well, against CBR 300, that type of thing. Yeah, I think the KTM RC 390 comes in at 4.9. Right, okay. Um, so they're all kind of around that, but I think you're getting quite a, quite a lot for your money. ABS is standard... Um, yeah, and one of the things I did like was it had um, the seat height was 780 millimeters, which makes it quite accessible. I say quite accessible. I'm five foot six, so I wouldn't say I was tall, but there are a lot of riders who are around five foot, 
and I could easily get my feet down on it. Right, okay. I mean, a lot of the thing with the seat that people tend not to realise about motorcycling, I know you do, I'm, I'm just saying this in case there's anybody <laughs> out there who's thinking about a seat yeah. height, don't just go on the measurement no. of a seat height, go and try it out, because the more narrow the seat is at the front, mm-hmm. um, the easier it can be to get your legs down, because it's, it's what they call the arch <laughs> measurement. Yeah. So from floor up, imagine the line goes up from floor, up as an arch over the seat and then back down. That's the overall measurement that a lot of bike manufacturers have changed over the past few years. And when they started making seats narrow at the front, you can get much more of your foot down mm-hmm. and your legs, your legs straighter. I find that on a lot of maxi scooters, even though they've probably got a seat height around 820, mm-hmm. I still can't get my feet down. I have to edge to the front of the seat, whereas mm-hmm. the RC 390, that's 820, and I can get my feet down easily. On yeah, because it's got a narrow front of the seat, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, good. All the business stuff out of the way. Did no, anything, about the exciting did anything happen on the launch car that you were particularly happy well. with? And you texted me about, well, <laughs> you put it on Facebook. Then I texted you go, whoa, hang on a minute, what's happened? Yeah. So I might be slightly excited about the prospect of something I've been working on for quite a while. Always wanted to do. All my heroes do it. Um, I got my knee down on the launch. Yes. Yay. Well done. Yeah, it, it was... <laughs> It was quite the experience. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was really good. I felt so comfortable on the bike that I was happy to have a lot of lean angle. The tyres were doing well. It, the track was just fantastic. There was lots of lefts, lots of rights. And all the other journalists, I had a new pair of RST leathers on. And all the journalists were going, oh, are you uh, going to get your knee down today? And I admitted to them that I'd never done it before. Mm-hmm. I've done race schools. I've ridden for over 10 years. And I've never, ever got my knee down. And then on the launch, they were telling me all their techniques and their secret hints and tips. As, as we've all been do. doing in the office. Exactly. We? But there was just something that wasn't clicking for me. Whereas on that day, we had two 15-minute track sessions. The last session of the day, probably like the second to last lap, it happened. And I was like, oh my God, that's what just happened? That's fantastic. And, uh, and then I was like, I think I just did it. So then on the next corner, I thought, we'll just try it again. Did it again. And it actually made contact at... And then uh, the funny thing was, I then proceeded to squeal in my helmet around the rest of the circuit, do the next two laps, trying it out, getting my knee down both sides. And then when I got back in, the photographer had been standing in different parts of the track, said, oh, um, were you screaming all the way around the track in your helmet? And I went, yes, that was me. Fantastic. (laughs) So yeah, very proud of myself and came away. I did tweet pictures and put them on the Facebook page. Very, very pleased. Now, there will be people out there listening to this. I'm absolutely convinced to turn around and say, oh, get your knee down. There's no, you know, why do you care about it? Why do you care about it? It's such a nice feeling to be able to do that. And you did it on track, on the right sort of bike, at the right time. You're in the safest environment. It wasn't like you were going around a roundabout trying to do it on the road. So, um, yeah, like (laughs) uh, like some riders might. Um, But for those people who haven't done it, and it's so fresh in your mind, you know, just explain what it feels like. Uh, I, don't, I don't mean the emotion of it, I mean the actual mechanics of it, you know. We put our knees down to yeah. act as a, a, a basically a lean angle gauge. Mm-hmm. So you know where you are, you know how much your leg's folding up as to the lean angle of the bike. But what does it feel like? It's, it's a strange feeling. Mm-hmm. It felt completely different to how I thought it was going to. Yeah. Because basically... I'm not giving advice on how to get your knee down, so please nobody <laughs> write in and say, I've fallen off my bike because I follow Carly's tips, yep. just as a precursor. Yep. But the the trick was that I found, and what all the guys told me, was you put the ball of your foot on the outside of the foot peg, yep. and you have to leave your leg out and hang off 
so much that it almost kind of feels like your hips about to pop out of place. <laughs> Um, and it's all about. I found that you had to kind of like keep the momentum round mm -hmm. because my. I think where I was going wrong was I was going into the corner fast, thinking, "Oh, I need to go fast," leaning off, then losing my confidence, slowing down, which then made me pick the bike yes. up. But yeah. the first time it kind of made contact, it was it was a strange feeling, and it was there was a bit more drag, and it's the noise that got me. It's the I was noise. like, "Oh no!" Yeah, yeah. Because usually that's kind of sliding noise is what you associate with something that's not not too good. But it's um, loud, isn't it? When the slide yeah. goes down, it's probably like, no, and like, it did shock me the first noise. time. Yeah. Um, and I kind of like did it and then took my leg back up and then I was like, I've I've done that now. And then it was a case of kind of practicing and 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 learning how to do it again. It, it, and it's so. a it's a real watershed moment for uh, for any motorcyclist, I believe. I, mean, I remember I remember doing it the first time myself back in the day. Um, <laughs> And you, you'll find, once you get it, and you understand the technique of it, yeah. certainly mid-corner, then every single corner, I shouldn't say this, but every single corner on the ride home, you, you can find yourself just going, skirsh, 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 scratching is, all the way. Like you, oh, Laurie's just gone past. Big Laurie. Um, like you say, I, you don't have to do it. No. Did I feel any less of a rider for not being able to do it? No. And I think the fact that I am a motorcycle journalist by trade, and that is my job, and strangely I get paid for it, but don't tell anybody no, that No, don't bit. tell anybody. Um, <laughs> that kind of proves that you don't need to. And On the road, you definitely don't no, need to. No, definitely not. If you're riding and you need to put your knee down on the road, you're not going to be in this world very long, no. I believe. Agreed. But now you can do it. Fantastic. But yeah, I think it was, and it was really good. I've got the picture of me. I managed to do it on the track where the photographer was as well. So I've managed <laughs> to get a picture of me. So that's been, even my grandma asked for a printout. She was so proud. Oh, that's so she sweet. Was, she, she said, your mum's told me that you've uh, you got your knee down or something. I went, yes, grandma. I said, am I going to get shouted at? She was like, no, well done you. Can you print me a copy out? So she's very proud. Mum's so very sweet. proud. And on the pinboard in the office, there's a picture of you now with your knee yeah. down. So that's yeah. good. Right next to my dog. Right next to your dog. Um, <laughs> and our friend story. John. Right, yeah. so uh, that's the R300. Yeah. Um, we have had a couple of other launches going on. I've been out in Mizano riding the new Aprilia RSV4 RF um, on track and also the new Tuono 1100, which was on the roads just outside of the Mizano circuit. And the RSV4 RF, £18,300-ish. 200 Cheap, brake man. horsepower. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's not a disposable. <laughs> it's not a disposable motorcycle. Um, 200 brake horsepower weighs about 190 kilos, um, but it's absolutely state of the art at the moment. There's this, there's this thing on it um, where you can hook your smartphone up to the bike. This all sounds like a gimmick. It's a brilliant V4 MP technology. All sounds like a gimmick, and I'm the first person to turn around and go, "Well, we don't need that. We can ride the superbike as it is." But using the GPS in your smartphone and the um, semi-active suspension on the bike, it can actually change traction control settings, suspension, ferocity of throttle, acceleration monitors, etc. From corner to corner, oh my God. different settings depending on what circuit you're at and what you've told it you want to that do. That is so cool. Once you've got it set up to your settings as you're going round... The, the screen on your smartphone, and there's a proper thing that you clip it into. Mm. They've made they've made this bike to work with smartphones. And um, as you're going round, if you're going too fast into a corner, so you're going to cock up your your mid corner mm. speed and ruin your lap time, uh, the screen flashes red. So you have to slow your entry down into a corner. Mm -hmm. And if you're going too slow, it flashes green mm. to pick your speed up. 
but you can feel the whole bike. It's just oh wow! It is incredible. It's expensive. It's three grand more than the R1. Yeah. I rode the R1 at the world launch. I've ridden the R2 before at, at, at this launch, um, this world launch, and. I've got to say, the RSV4 is incredible as a piece of motorcycling technology. Is it £3,000 better than an R1? £3,000 gets you an awful lot of track time. And for yeah. me, these bikes now have evolved to such a point where I'm sure they'd be great on the road. Genuinely, you could happily ride an RSV4 or an R1 on the road, no problem. Um, but you'd want to go out on track. You've got something with this potential. You'd want to go out on track mm. and absolutely nail it. So for me, I'm not 100% convinced that I would, wouldn't take that three grand, buy a cheap van, and then spend two yeah. grand just track daying the arse out of these bikes. So I'd probably go R1, just because I'm a bit tight with my money, but the RSV4 was incredible. Um, I think a lot of it, I think with with bikes like that, a lot of it is to do with the brand, isn't it? You'll mm-hmm. have, a, maybe you'll have a devout kind of Aprilia gang. Yeah, true, true. I'm a big Suzuki fan. You know, I learnt on the Suzuki, mm. and I've owned lots of Suzukis. I like Yamahas as well for the same reason. I've a lot of Yamahas growing up, a lot of RDs. Um, so I'm the, I'm the same sort of thing. Maybe that has skewed me slightly mm. towards the R1, in which one I would go for. But the money is a big factor as yeah. well. And three thousand pounds, like you say, is a lot of money. That's kind of you'd only need an extra one thousand seven hundred ninety-nine pounds to buy yourself an R3. Three grand, I could buy a two fifty Crosser. Yeah. Have a cool. 250 crosser and an R1. That's, that's cool, now isn't you're it? Now we've just got to ride the Tuono on the road yeah. just outside um, uh, outside the circuit. Roads were appalling. Absolutely appalling. No grip. Where was the launch, sorry? Mizano. Mizano, oh, you did say. Rubbish. I think rubbish. I was eating when you said that bit. <laughs> <laughs> rubbish roads, really slippery. No, we were sliding the bikes all over the place. Um, but... Uh, pretty kind. Well, they said they wanted us to ride it on these roads to get a feel for the suspension and the new traction control system, and it's great for me. The Tuono is the educated thug's motorcycle of choice. Mm-hmm. In the same way that if I wanted a bike that was bum basic but lots of power, the right riding um, position. And aggression when I wanted it, and you know that type of motorcycle, something, something that reached, reached inside you and gave you a bit of a jiggle on a Sunday morning. One of those, one of those bikes. <laughs> yeah. It would be a Speed Triple. Yeah. Speed Triple 1050. It's got nothing clever on it. It's just a great engine, great chassis, mm-hmm. great brakes. That's all you need, I think. The Tuono has a lot of tech on it, but it's still got that rawness about it. Mm. Does it come close to the first generation Tuono? Yes, but it feels like it's been trained up a little bit. Yeah. The first two I know to me, you lose your license in a day on that thing. Mm-hmm. It was just immense. It was aggressive and it was big and brutish and uh, fantastic fun to uh, to ride on. So the new two I know, um, I liked it, um, but for me the RSV4 was uh, pretty good uh, as a bike. But I think it's the best, one of the best super bikes ever produced. So no, 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 no! Come on, you just wrote a <laughs> word down, put it in front of me. People are going to hear this now and go, eh? "What? Hey, it stopped." I was trying to pass a secret note. Yeah. Okay. What does it mean? Well, when I went to the bike experience, yeah, run by the bike experience, yeah, um, basically they're teaching people who have probably lost, well, they've lost their legs or their arms to learn to ride again. Right. I do believe yeah. this is why I wrote it on a secret piece of paper yeah. so that I didn't say it and it was stupid. <laughs> I do believe that they use those 
or they had one. What, Tomorrow Which was an automatic. Really? Yeah. A Tomorrow Night? Yeah. Or it was some sort of Aprilia, and that name rings a bell. A Tuono is like riding a bull with well, rubber bands around his testicles. I wrote it on the piece of paper so that I didn't have to shout it out. Oh, I hate you. It wasn't, it wasn't a Capo, a capo Nord, was it, or anything like that? Basically, it's an Aprilia and it's automatic, and for some reason that name rung a bell with me. So I'm going to have to go and check now to see what it was that they used. I don't think they do an automatic. Well, they might do. They might have done a special version for it. Oh, well. I've never ridden an automatic. I'm really glad I passed that secret note to you and you read it out. Well, you and know. made me do it and embarrassed me. We can't have dead air. We have to talk all the well, time. We kept talking. That's why I was all discreet about it. Yeah, but you didn't. You just wrote automatic. Anyway, where are you going next? When are you getting out from under my feet? <laughs> tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm off. I'm going to America um, with Pirelli to ride their new Scorpion trial tyre. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Got an invite from Pirelli. Do you fancy going time? Yes. It's the new Pirelli Scorpion trial tyre. I like the idea of that very much. Thinking it was just going to be a day of, you know, getting on some various bikes and going spinning up tyres. Turns out, no, 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 Tone. No, it's no problem. You're coming out. Right, we've entered you into this 400km <laughs> enduro. Uh, excuse me? 400km enduro, and then we're going to go to New York, and then it's Supercross time. Oh, crap. So... I got to admit, so I got to admit, I'm still a bit beaten up. My, I'm still hurting a little bit from previous uh, recent excursions into the gravel trap. <laughs> so, yeah, I've got my Alpine Stars knee braces. They're bionic knee braces, which are fabulous. Oh, um, I didn't know what you were going to say then. No, <laughs> they are. They are absolutely. They are fantastic. They are fantastic. <laughs> they are um, fudge-makingly good. Um, but they, uh, I have to have them. I crashed in 1994, um, had my, my big crash in 94, and it wrecked my right leg. So I've always had to wear knee braces when I do motocross because I've got no side strength on my knees, and they'll, they'll genuinely pop out. And if anybody out there knows somebody, says, oh, yeah, I popped my knee out, but I popped it back in. No, you didn't. No, <laughs> you really didn't. If you did, honestly, you pop your knee out, when it goes sideways, it's, oh, my God, it's, you just... You want to that's curl up horrible. and end everything. So I have to wear these knee braces. So I've got my knee braces, that's good. I've got my brilliant Alpine Star Tech 8s. Um, and I've got my neck brace, uh, which I'll wear with, um, you know, which is one of these carbon fibre, excuse me, carbon fibre neck braces. Um, so I'll wear all that and hopefully we'll get through it. So you look like the bionic man. Yeah, basically. Make well, sure you get lots of pictures and they put are. them on Facebook for us. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the video cameras as well, the GoPro. I'm just going to say you've nicked the GoPro off me now. Uh, which means I've got two. Yeah. So hopefully I can get some footage. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Well, because at Mizano, it was just a case of, right, there's the bike, you've got 20 minutes. Where yeah. these several sessions been like, there's 20 minutes, off you go. I ended up duct taping the, uh, the, <laughs> the holder onto the... Mm. I've got quite a funny picture, actually. There's me sat on the bike holding this big kind of, like, stick with the camera on the end and then <laughs> just putting the duct tape. Although they did have blue tape, which was quite nice because, obviously, it went with the bike. He was like, do you want so, blue or grey? And I was like, uh, blue. <laughs> you know, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, but it, it looked good. It really doesn't matter. And then as we were riding along the motorway, I had to hold it to make sure it didn't fall off. <laughs> so you're jetting off to America. Yep. Um, and then in early May... I'm going to Donington Park. Yeah, you're going to Donington Park with... I am. Maria. Maria Costello. I'm going to the women-only track day, so no boys allowed, mm-hmm. um, at Donington Park. So excited. I've never ridden at Donington before, so I think it should be... Great should be circuit. Good. Maria's brilliant at this sort of thing. Um, 
personally I've known Maria since mid 90s and uh, she's fantastic really talented rider really fast woman very good at um, promoting women and women's causes um, is she an MBE OBE MBE MBE I rightly deserve whatever it is <laughs> this is BE oh. but no I'm really 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 excited so I can try out my knee down now thing you, again <laughs> and now you can get your knee down so down crying the curves yeah it should be exciting. I'm doing it on my long-term loan KTM RC390, mm-hmm. which should be good. But yeah, Donington's not too far from me, so I'm planning on riding down in the morning. It's been an early start, and then doing the track sessions, and then at some point coming home in the evening. How many women are going to be there, do you know? I'm not too sure, to be honest, but I know Maria's been running these days for a few years now. Yep. Um, and they, they seem really popular. I'm part of the group on Facebook, um, and a lot of women are talking about it on there. But I think it's £199 for the day. What's the group on Facebook, just in case anybody wants to kind of... Uh, woman on a motorcycle. Right. Um, and basically you'll find all the information there about the, the track days. Um, but now I'm just so excited. So 200 quid, you say? £199? Yeah. Lunch is provided. Do, is that is that £199 you turn up and ride your own bike? Yes. So it's track time, um, basically a bit of instruction. I'm assuming Maria's going to be doing some instruction, is she? Yeah, Maria will be there and she's got a, like a, a few instructors kind of races and that kind of thing so so yeah it should be a really good day and i'm quite excited to see what the dynamics like with because obviously i'm usually in a in a male dominated environment and riding out on track with men and all that kind of stuff so i'm quite excited to see what the dynamics like of of a whole load of ladies on track and personally knowing knowing them knowing uh, women races like maria uh, like jenny timmuth um carol green those types of riders i'd be amazed if you find the dynamic to be that much different Mm. I think it's just going to be really nice. To be honest, I think most everything to do with motorcycling. I don't think I've had one experience of like horrible people. We're well, nice. We're well, nice. Well, well, apart from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There we you. go. There we go. Uh, but yeah, it should be should be a good day. I'm super excited. So that's on May the fifth. Yeah. And I think they've got a few more dates throughout the year. It's running in conjunction with No Limits Track Days. So yeah. Is, is the May official already booked up if people want to go? I'm not sure. I think there might be a few places left. Fantastic. That's so, great. yeah, um, head to the website and have a look. Women only. Yeah, girls only. Sorry. So I can't, I can't come along? No, not even if you wear a wig. I'm happy to wear a wig. Your face will give it away. <laughs> bit of makeup wouldn't hurt, would it? Um, Randy Mamler once uh, went out and qualified with makeup on under his Grand Prix helmet. Really? Mm. And a wig, full wig. No way. Qualified, came in, took it off, and he was fully made up like a woman. And <laughs> love that, love Randy. That what a great a guy one. he is. Very, very funny man. Um, right, what else we got to talk about? Oh, 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 the bike thefts thing. Yes. Now, you've just done the story, haven't you, on MoreBikes.co.uk about I data have. tag? What's yes. That? Basically, um, I'm in touch with the City of London Police, um, and they're running a, a marking day. <laughs> Which is basically, I think that's Come, what they call it. Let us mark you. Yeah, let us mark you for fifty pounds. But they're uh, sub- subsidising subsidising. Oh, go on, keep going. <laughs> I'm not going to help because this is funny. <laughs> they're basically paying half. The nice. <laughs> what a save. So, subsidising. Usually, the data tag system costs, I think, about hundred pounds for a scooter package. Right. They're offering it uh, next Thursday and Friday, so that's uh, the thirtieth and then the first of May. Mm-hmm. Getting good with my dates now. Not nice. even got that written down. Nice. Um, data tagging. Um, at a discounted price. Where do we go for that? Finsbury Circus in London. Right. I shall be there and I'm planning on doing an interview with one of the officers um, about this crime prevention because obviously the theft of motorcycles, the statistics go up in May, April, May and June. Right. It's kind of, of, of like peak. Because there's more bikes out and about. Yeah, and I think thieves are getting a lot of thieves. Thieves. 
naughty people are getting more brazen about where they're taking them from now. There's yeah. quite a few things on Facebook where somebody's gone out to a bike meet or a racetrack and left their bike and unfortunately it's not been there when they've got back. So it'll be quite interesting to hear what they're doing, particularly in the capital, because I think there was um, an estimated cost of about £28 million worth of bikes stolen just from the capital last year. Jeez. So quite a big area for them. So get some safety tips and some security tips from them. £28 million, so that's three top flight Ducatis and an Aprilia. <laughs> yeah. But um, but no, it should be good. Well, it's interesting you say that because um, I was talking to uh, Andy Gillard, my good mate who runs Scootery. Yeah, he bought us the treats for our last podcast, yeah, didn't he's he? Good, he's a good guy, Andy. And um, he's very, he's London-based. Exactly. He spends a lot of time in London. And he was telling me that he was talking to uh, to a couple the other day. And the couple was saying to him that what they're finding now in London is that the, the scumbags will come along. They'll identify a bike or a scooter. Excuse me. Windy pops. <laughs> you uh, identify. Any I know, I know, I know. Um, they identify a bike that they want and then they move it. They take it out of that bay. Mm-hmm. Bike parking bay. And they move it across London and they'll put it in another bike park bay. And then they just observe it for 24 hours and just keep an eye on so it. So sneaky. But they do it because so many vehicles now have trackers. Mm-hmm. So they put it there, and if it's still there after 24 hours in the bay, then they take it from that bay. Yeah. So the poor person whose bike it is, they believe the bike's already gone and stolen. Yeah. If they haven't got a tracker, there's nothing they can do. And then the scumbags go and take it from another bay. Not. It's terrible, it's terrible. We should have something <clears throat> on bikes that electrocutes anybody who tries to steal a bike. You know? Yeah. Like, is it what... Um, Razor blades in the hand grips or something like that. What car is it that's got that alarm that goes, step away from the car, like that, I, I if you come near it? I think it. you'll find that's any car from the 80s where you yeah. bought a crap data, whatever it is, alarm from... Um, I think that'd be really Telford's. cool. We should do that. Although I have seen on Facebook, some people have gone out of, like, work or whatever, and they've found, like, people sitting on their bikes to mm. try it on. Mm. Not to try it on, but to try it out. And you're like, why would you do that? You wouldn't go... If there was a convertible car parked outside, you yeah, wouldn't just slide in the driver's seat and go, oh, yeah, this is what I look like in it. I hate that. Also, the people who come up to you when you're with your bike, mm. and they come up and they start talking to you about your bike. Fair enough, talk to me about the bike. I'll tell you everything you want to know about it. Don't touch my bike. <laughs> you know, yeah. And they're there, and they start pulling on the lever, and you're like going... Yeah. Yeah, um, you can't test out the brakes by touching get, it while it's... Get your hands off yeah. my bike, man. You know, I don't come up to you yeah. and, and start squeezing things that are associated with you, do I? How's, so don't how's your wife? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, really? What sort of mileage do you get out of her, mate? What sort of mileage? I'll have a squeeze if that's all right. So don't even ask. No, exactly. It's our equivalent of being pregnant women. Don't come up and just touch me. Don't, don't yeah, get don't off. don't touch my tummy. Get off. Yeah. Helmets as well. Why do people feel the need to just pick up a helmet? Yeah. Leave my helmet alone. Yeah. Don't touch it. Don't touch anything. Well, moral of the story, listeners. Don't touch another man's <laughs> if you see, vehicle. If you see Tony out and about, do not touch his helmet or his bike. If you touch my helmet on my bike, you're going to be in serious trouble. Why do I do that? I don't understand. I don't know. Anymore. Even though it's in like an inanimate object, it's still you don't need to. You don't need to, do you? Just don't. Imagine you saying that if somebody was there on an NSR 500. <laughs> I'd want to have a squeeze of everything. Pouring all over it. I'd just start crying. I think. I want to ride an NSR 500 again. Um, kit, anything going on kit-wise? We just got that um, smartphone thing. What was that? Oh, yeah. That is um, a cool. smartphone. It basically, it, it attaches to your handlebars, yep. and you can connect your smartphone or your tablet to it and basically control that through the, the handlebar That's brilliant. mount. That's brilliant. So you're testing that out for us, aren't you? I am. I've got, I've got Interfine. Interfine F5 is the Bluetooth system that I've rigged up into my helmet. Mm-hmm. Um, listen to me, helmets, plural, but we do, we have quite a few lids, obviously, for different types of jobs, and uh, I've got a few Interphone F5 headsets in my lids, 
and you just change like the brain over from helmet to helmet as you're riding. Interphone F5 for me has been transformative over the past couple of years. I had the F4 and now the F5. I love them. I think they're great. And you link it to your phone and you can play your music from your phone should you want some music when you're riding. Uh, I, I very rarely do that. But, um, you say I don't. It puts me off. Well, I think yeah. I think it depends on the ride. Mm-hmm. So you say you've got a six-hour ride and you're going up to Scotland or something. You're doing mostly motorways. Mm-hmm. Have some music on if you want it. You just keep it fairly low down. It's no yeah. different to having the radio on in the car. Yeah. Um, but you can take and make calls on the move. I've done that up to over 100 mile an hour before in uh, in private test conditions at Bruntingport Proving Ground <laughs> in Leicester. Uh, bearing in mind what happened to Guy Martin recently. So yeah, um, I was going to say don't. Don't get yourself into trouble. No, I'm not. No, no. Because it was in private. It was in private. It was at Bruntingthorpe Proving Ground. Mm-hmm. We wanted to test it in phone F5. But I was making phone calls as I was going down there. And absolutely crystal clear. In fact, the people I was talking to, they couldn't believe that I was riding the mm-hmm. bike. 100 miles an hour and I can make a phone call and have a perfect, perfectly good phone call. So the phone F5 are really right. But it's linked up to the phone. Keep the phone in the chest pocket, in your Napoleon pocket or in the backpack mm-hmm. or something. Everything's Bluetooth, so I think this controller mm-hmm. could be fantastic. You yeah. know, linking the whole bike and and rider together. And given what I found on the RSV4 with that um, V4 MP stuff with the yeah. smartphone, I think that's cracking. Great mm-hmm. idea for tech. You know, I like tech when it works and it's simple and it's seamless. Mm. I think it has to. It can't be too hard to kind of get everything together because I hate that about you know like that about technology where it takes ages to set up and mm. it's all this and you have to download this and upload that. And you have to learn everything. But yeah, and you have to do something in a certain way and press something three times and then spin on your head. It just annoys me. I have earplugs you've, you've, in. You've spun on your head, have you? Uh, no, but I can balance on it. Shut up. I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. I'll prove it after this. Fine. Not like I can do it. Picture going on, on my fa- hand. Picture going on Facebook. Then. Do it then. It's a deal. My ass, you can't do that. I can do it on my. It's like a break dancing move. Like no um, way. Yes, <laughs> and I can stick my leg out like that. No Definitely picture on the Facebook coming soon, just to prove Tony wrong. Right, fine. Um. Oh God, I've not done it in years. I think. That's my <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. No yes. caveat now. I can no, still no. do the crab as well. You know, like the backwards crab. I've seen you do the crab in the office before. Oh. You've done the crab. I used to do... Uh, I nearly had all my abdominal muscles doing that on the night out. I don't drink anymore. <laughs> no, that's a lie. That no, I don't. Really? Only vanilla Coke. Oh, my God. No. I had a few beverages at the weekend at the charity ball. So you drink? Yeah. Occasionally. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I don't drink anymore was the statement. Yeah, all right. Let me amend my statement, lawyer. Um, I do, occasionally. But anyway... I went to a charity ball at the weekend. Yes. I wore a dress. Amazing. Our listeners listeners may be shocked to hear that. It was a good charity ball. It was all in aid of the last remaining flying Vulcan. A uh, cause very close to my heart. Mm Mm-hmm. Seeing as I grew up in the village where it's based. So that was a nice night out with my mum. Nice. So yeah, that was fun. What's that got to do with bikes? Because (laughs) I ride bikes, mum rides bikes. I know. It's, It's nice that you say that, but also it's nice that you're wearing a dress. Thanks. Because I, I never believed that would happen. No, I've got how photographic many, evidence. How many years have I known you? Uh, quite a lot now. Before we were working together <laughs> on this, <coughs> I knew you from the paddock, didn't I? Yeah. Racing paddock, well, Superbike paddock and BSB. BSB paddock was the first time we met, wasn't it? Because you were... I was doing stuff with the Harley-Davidson XR1200 That's right. trophy. That's right, yeah. I was collecting timesheets and you were in there with your little clipboard with your notes on it. And I was like, is this where you get timesheets? Because I'd never been there before. And you were like, yeah, you just asked that lady. And then, uh, yeah, 
it was good and then saw you when, when was that I was about 18 19 so it was about 10 six, years ago then shut up <laughs> six, about six years six seven years hmm, and I think I've only ever worn jeggings <laughs> Or jeans yeah, I don't think I've ever seen you in a dress. No. And then well, you did the BMW account, didn't you? You after BMW with World Superbike. Yeah. So you dealt with JT a lot and James Tozen, didn't you? Jay, yeah, James Tozen was racing in the team the year before I did it. I joined when it was. Leon has them. Leon Aslam. Leon, <laughs> Leon. Leon Aslam. We like the Leon Aslam. And uh, Marco Melandri. And then the second year I did it, it was Marco and Charles Davies. Yeah, so you were there You were there for the infamous crash at Donington. Oh, yes, I was. Stood in the pits watching. Watching Marco come in first, and take out Leon. First win ever in for BMW in the World Superbikes. It was going to be a double podium. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, Marco <laughs> scuttled Leon last <gasps> corner. Cannot believe that. I saw. I was watching clips on YouTube the other day, as you do with bikes. <laughs> if you're not riding them or talking yeah, yeah. about them, you can yeah. look at them on YouTube. Exactly. And uh, I, I, for some reason, that one came up, and I just looked and I just thought, "Oh my gosh!" I can remember. I can remember the exact just dropped stomach feeling that we got. What was the atmosphere like in the garage after that? Um. I mean, you could you could say to tense. Say but you could say tense, but I have never felt anything like that before. Really? It was. Because obviously the team works together to, to get a good result. Yes, there are two riders, but ultimately it's the success of the team as a mm. whole. Mm. So when that happens to, to both riders it, in the same incident together, I'm not saying it was anyone's fault and I'm not laying blame on anybody, but it was just one oh, of those... Oh, it was Marco's fault. It was just one of those things <laughs> where... <laughs> but it was Marco's fault. Uh, one of those things where it was a racing incident. It was Marco's was fault. He tried incident. to break, outbreak Leon from about 200 yards back it was always going to end badly. Do you know what I felt really bad about as well? Because obviously Donington's like Leon's closest track. So it's like his home circuit. His home circuit. He was about to get on the podium and... Take the first win. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was a, yeah, an enjoyable time. But no, it was, it was good fun working. I've really put you on the spot with that, haven't I? Because you weren't expecting us to talk about that. No, but it's all right. Could be mind. worse. Could be worse. You could be um, you could be working for Rob Mac Racing, having Steve Plater there going for the first win at Mallory Park, or James Hayden going for the first win of the year at Mallory Park, leading goes into Lakeside S's or wipes out completely. We had about a seven second oh. lead. I just remember looking at Rob and because you know what it's like when you work for mm. a race team. I worked for Rob Mac Racing for three years and. You, know, you you see the effort and you know the, yeah, the real heart and soul that the lads put into it mm. and when it all goes wrong you just think oh my god talking of racing moves yeah and I know we're not really talking that we need to wrap this up soon yeah we do sandwiches yeah. are finished yeah. but what do you reckon about the Rossi Marquez thing have you seen the clip of what completely, happened completely yes 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 what do um, you reckon completely Marquez's fault think mm. I my, just saw a quick I saw that I didn't watch the racing because I was in my opinion Marquez tried up the inside Saw it wasn't on, switched to go on the outside. Mm. Rossi played a blinder, pulled right, um, and I can't be sure of this, but pulled right, looked like he just did a slight little brake check on him. Mm. Um, very clever move, because he couldn't allow Marcus to maintain the, the pace around the outside. Yeah. Uh, Marcus saw this, knew what Rossi was trying to do, tried to cut back again, and then it was front wheel, rear wheel, interface, and the, mm. the, the inertia of the wheels sort of just flicked him up and he was gone. I think Marquez knew it was entirely his fault, um, you can tell that by the reaction mm. the moment he's up on his feet and running towards the bike he's not on his feet and doing a set of now yeah, oh I can't believe you yeah, yeah exactly I think he just thought damn it yeah. you know, he was trying to move didn't come off Rossi doesn't ride dirty no. Marquez doesn't ride dirty 
they both ride hard. Mm-hmm. And when you're going to do that, someone's going to fall down yeah. occasionally, you know. And I don't, I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any love lost between them. I no. think they both respect each other, and they just look at it and go, one of those yeah. things. We're going to ride that hard, that close. Yeah. Eventually, it's going to happen. Well, I mean, look at the corkscrew last year. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's never, it's never boring between them, is it? Do you reckon Marquez is off then? Do you reckon he's? Because like last year, it was so predictable. Marquez was winning everything, he was topping the timesheets, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. Whereas now, Rossi's found some va va from somewhere. I don't think Marquez is off. I think Marquez's rate of improvement... See, the thing about Marquez that nobody has said, and I haven't heard anybody say it, but the thing about Marquez, for me, is that he was the first one to arrive on these bikes, and they were fresh to him. Mm-hmm. Everybody else around him, Lorenzo, Pedrosa, Rossi, for instance developed with these bikes mm-hmm. Rossi certainly but Lorenzo and Pedrosa the bikes were changing underneath them and now we're starting to understand the level of technology they have mid-corner yeah. ABS slide control all this sort of stuff so they turn up and they've developed into the technology mm-hmm. right? so as the technology's got better they've learned to adapt to it Marquez was the first rider to turn up and get on it and go right what does this thing do yeah. oh I can do slide control I can do this I, can, I wonder how far I can push it instantly mm-hmm. so he has this youthful exuberance and inquisitiveness yeah has helped him move on that much faster. Now, he's moved and he's got maybe to the edge of his envelope of innovation with this technology, mm-hmm. has to wait for the next wave of tech to come through. That's fine. But I think riders like Rossi are continuing their development. So Marquez has come in, yeah. let's say he's coming bang, he's gone straight to level eight on everything. Mm-hmm. And the lads were coming up and they started off on level one because the technology was, true, was, was new to them. Marquez comes in straight in at level eight because that's where he feels comfortable. Mm-hmm. They were up to level five. That was last year. Now they're up to level eight. Mm-hmm. And because they're developing with it, yeah. maybe they're 8.1 out of 10. Mm-hmm. And he's still on eight. The next bit of tech that comes through that will help him, he'll suddenly go to nine again. Yeah. And you'll find it. I'm not saying that he's reliant totally on tech, but I'm saying he's probably, for a year, he was the guy who used it to its fullest. Yeah. He got on that bike and went... Right, slide control, yeah, no problem. Mid-corner ABS, no mm-hmm. problem. I'm just going to absolutely chuck this thing yeah. around. It kind of was, was learning something new rather than shifting a mindset. Exactly, maybe. exactly. You know, and you look at <clears> what <throat> Rossi did. It makes what Rossi does more incredible because he started out, well, I, I first met him in Donington when he was this gangly youth um, <laughs> taking part in a European 125 race. Um and to much to my embarrassment, I virtually elbowed him out of the way to go and see his dad, Graziano. Because <laughs> uh, I was there and uh, Robert Furnell, the dear, lovely man who, who was Robert Furnell, who used to look after Donington Park, absolute brilliant bloke. And so many British riders owe such a massive gratitude uh, to Robert Furnell for all the help he gave them behind the scenes that nobody ever knew about. And Robert came and saw me. I was the only reporter there back in the day. And I'm standing, sitting there and there's nobody watching this race. And Robert came and saw me and, he, and uh, he explained he had to run this race to get the Grand Prix it was part of mm. the deal and I said is anybody here of any note Robert and he goes no he said oh, he said, oh Graziano Ross is here he's brought his son I can't remember his name <laughs> and uh, I was like Graziano Rossi 350 Grand Prix Graziano Rossi he goes yeah he's down there in that awning so I go barreling down and I basically knock on the awning and sort of put my head straight through this really ropey little caravan and an awning and there was Valentino. Of course, well, I didn't know, I, nobody knew who Valentino yeah. was. He was just grazing on his kid. He wasn't doing very well. And um, it was his first ride outside of England. And I just looked at him and I was like, uh, Graziano, is Graziano here? And he goes, yes, yes, yes. He bangs on the door. He goes, Papa, Papa. Aww. 
and uh, he, as he's, he comes to walk out the awning and then Graziano sort of appears and I sort of barge Valentino yeah. out the way to go and see Graziano but uh, yeah so his, that was his first race outside of Europe uh, outside of Italy was it at yeah. Donington Park and I, I think that he loves Donington Park he's got so well over the wow. years but yeah great rider brilliant rider and I think with what we're seeing it makes it more important because he came from two strokes he's developed mm-hmm. and he rider to win 990 and he rider to win 800 you know in the same sort of champion in the same sort of career and uh, nine times world champion you know you've got yeah. to be super special for that just a little bit but I think Marquez is great you know mm-hmm. Jonathan Ray and world superbikes yeah, we just need to say well. Jonathan Ray is fan- doing fantastically I can't see him being toppled this year you know just as, a, a, as an eager observer of the racing mm-hmm. I think Johnny's got this uh, somebody needs to do Hopefully. something really yeah <laughs> okay racing you can crash anything can go wrong but mentally mm. he's right on it you know and in the UK we've just had James Ellison do a double yeah at Brands yeah, that's good. and there was arguably a, a case where James would do a double at Donington mm-hmm. uh, if he hadn't had the issues that he had in race 2 it's just amazing James Ellison I've always been a massive fan of James ever since he was in European Superstock 600s uh, he showed some real talent in that class and he's always been a talented rider really 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 nice guy loves the family his wife Sarah is really nice I mean everyone's really nice but my god he's got some teeth about him now good lad a really nice picture actually where he was coming over the, the start finish straight line whatever and all of his team were hanging off the thing and she was as well like, oh, Sarah Yay! was there was she yeah, yeah it was really good it she's was a really great. nice picture Texan girl and uh, yeah she's not shy at coming forward and <laughs> supporting the man and that's great you know that's good. I think James Ellison is absolutely fantastic but uh, yes right well the food is done so we're done for now we are we are done for now um, but you need some housekeeping don't we so this is the part where you take over yep sensible one takes over the sensible one takes over Charlie <laughs> so now's the time for us to tell you all about the website www.morebikes.co.uk or you can download our weekly app by searching on the iTunes store iTunes iTunes, iTunes. is that what it's called just search for app just, just search just, more, just search, yeah more, more bikes, bikes app. app I'm not really up to date with the new fangled iTunes thing anyway uh, we also do a weekly newsletter and obviously our <laughs> podcasts podcast yes. Yeah. yes we do a weekly newsletter uh, the app which we put together right now so this is on the app yeah uh, what else Facebook if you want to see the picture of me balancing on my head yes I'm we're gonna definitely do that. not going to be able to forget that we're going to do that in oh, a minute no. actually we really are but um, um, no we're using Facebook quite well aren't we in terms of um, well no in terms of when we're on launches no I'm talking about when yeah. we're on launches because we're sort of Facebooking from the launch you know? mm-hmm. so we're getting ready in the morning we have the, the brief about the bike the night yeah. before so yeah, there's always sneaky pictures from behind the scenes. There was a picture of me with my knee slider on there as well. Yeah, which is a great shot. Which is <laughs> um, great shot. But no, all sorts on there. So yeah, keep up to date with us. Tell us what you're up to as well, importantly. Very much. We're always interested we to hear. We massively want to know that. And also, um, in Motorcycle Monthly and More Bikes and the app, we uh, are always up for giving a bit of promotional space or at least a listing any events that are going on so if you're yeah. if you're a motorcyclist and you've got something going on it can be for anything charity just a ride out whatever then let us know we'll stick that on for you you know use us as a bit of a social hub if you want and uh, we'll put routes on there if you send us your routes that you're doing happy to do that and we're bikers you're bikers we should all uh, make the most of these uh, tools that we've got at our disposal indeed and those going to the Stafford show this weekend come and say hi to me in the restoration theatre yes that's right you're doing that I know you? big comparing moment t-shirts organised 
bit nervous. What? What t-shirt? I've got a t-shirt that says Restoration Theatre on it. Do you have comp? Do you have compare? No. Are you going to write that in pen? My mum might maybe a sticker or something. Compare. I'm compare. I'm reading out. I'm reading out. Right, compare. I am. I've got microphone. I'm all right. Yeah. So that should be exciting this weekend. How nervous are you about that? Uh, what, scale of 1 to 10? Yeah. 1 being not nervous at all, 10 being bricking it. I'm going to go with a solid 8. Wow, I really? think as the weekend gets closer, I think Saturday morning, probably Nah, you'll be 10. fine, you'll be fine. Well, we'll see. Well, if any of you guys talk. come and listen, then uh, do let me know how you think I've done. All you got to do is talk. Yeah. Well, the hard I'm thing is right shutting you up most of the time. <laughs> yeah, so you'll be alright, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Talk about relevant things. I'll be, thing. I'll be, yeah, exactly. I'll be, uh, I'll be thinking about you whilst I'm in America. Oh, thank hopefully you. Not being loaded, no, hopefully not being loaded into the back of an ambulance. Don't say that. Ride safe. Right, we'll see you next time. Yep. And, um, yeah, bye. See ya.